Are you ready? Because it's about to get real. Modern Pleasure Podcast answers the questions about sex that you've always wanted to ask, but didn't. Women end up in this double whammy of blaming themselves. They're not interested in sex, and then they feel like they're not trying hard enough. Look, you have to work with your sex life. It's not something that is like, doesn't, it's not fairy dust. You do work at it, but it shouldn't be so much work that you can't find a glimmer of it. I get so angry when I hear doctors say, well, just do it. Like, what what does that mean? You know, these women are struggling and then they're feeling terrible about themselves because they feel like they're not trying hard enough. We're back. Hi, Dr. Jenny. Hi, Kim. It's so good to be back. I know. I'm so excited for season two of our Modern Pleasure podcast. And um, I know that you've uh, been on the fast track with a lot of travel. So you had a really nice break. I had a great break. I can't, I I was riding uh, definitely the fast track. with some great travel and I'm back in action. So I'm happy to be back. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if you haven't listened to season one of our Modern Pleasure podcast, you really should, because it definitely puts into context of how this journey started, um, especially with me. And so we're going to kind of get off of me and not talk about my sex life so much, although I'm sure it'll pop in uh, every once in a while. And we're opening up this new season uh, with some really cool topics that we plan on talking about, including some conversations with Jenny's husband, who is also a sex and relationship counselor, which I think is going to be really fascinating. I can't wait for that. That should be fun. Is he? Ex- we have such fun conversations together, too. And sometimes we just say, why are we not recording these? Because they're just juicy they're juicy on such a great like clinical and professional level, but also useful for the world. We also have two young kids, so it's sort of like dividing our time and how many <laughs> things we can do. So I'm well, glad he's popping on with us, and I've selected at least two great topics. If not, we can squeeze in more. Oh, that's great. I can't wait. I'm, I mean, because you had your chance with me and my husband. Now I'm going to have my chance with you and yours. And so, <laughs> Oh, I see how it works. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and we're definitely keeping things shorter this season. Decided that nobody wants to hear us, or, or I should say me, talk for a full hour. So um, we have some really interesting guests on to talk about all kinds of subjects like body positivity and sex, how to bring more intimacy into your relationship. And we're bringing Savannah back to to talk about the stigma of sex work, which I think is going to be another really fascinating conversation. But we're kicking off our season with a very special guest, Dr. Batsheva Marcus, who is a certified sex therapist, author of a fantastic book called Satisfaction Guaranteed, How to Have the Sex You've Always Wanted, Who Doesn't Want the Best Sex You've Ever Wanted. And she served as the clinical director of one of the largest sexual health centers in the U.S., not to mention has been on all kinds of radio and TV shows, including NPR, CNBC, CBS News, has been profiled in the New York Times Magazine, Times Magazine, among many others. I think she knows a thing or two, Dr. Jenny. Um, We are thrilled to have her on the Modern Pleasure podcast with us. Welcome, Dr. Batsheva Marcus. How are you? Um, I'm so, so delighted to be here. And um, 
I think we're going to have so much fun today. So thanks I, for having me. I do too. I'm, uh, you know, I think we've run the gamut on conversations, uh, Dr. Jenny and I, in the last season. And so much of it was like, gosh, how much more can we talk about? But after doing a bunch of research, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, these are never ending conversations. I mean, we could go on and on and on. And the feedback that we've gotten from listeners is like, I want more. <laughs> so we're going to give you more. Um, people's sex lives are always changing. So yeah. everybody always needs more information because what I needed to hear when I was 22 is not the same thing I need to hear when I was 34 and had little kids or what I need to hear when I was 54. So I think it's amazing that you're doing this. It's also not a one size fits all. I always say that to my clients. You know, I'm going to give you a bunch of ideas and we're going to throw everything at this. But, you know, the idea that worked for the couple before you might not work for you. So let's, you know, let's just brainstorm and have it all out there. So I agree. We need more information. So we have more ideas. And yeah, everybody's definitely different, too in the way they think about sex as well. However, I think we are going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to my heart, which is sex and menopause, (laughs) because definitely still going through that fun time. Um, And I know that, Dr. Batsheva, you are an expert on a number of different subjects, but I think this was something that you thought would be a really good topic that you've got a lot of expertise in. So I'm excited to jump right in here and... You know, I'll I'll say that, you know, I learned something with Dr. Jenny in, in our first season about menopause, libido and age and all of that and how sometimes it's just a mindset. But I'm also going to raise my hand and say sometimes it's not. I feel like menopause is probably one of the most misunderstood and mishandled um, areas of women's sexuality. And part of what drives me so crazy about it is that it's very... It's not that complicated. That's the truth. Like, it's a little complicated. But if our um, gynecologists were a little bit more educated on this and had a little more information and women kind of knew what was about to happen or what could possibly happen and felt like they could talk about it, almost every single aspect of it is really and truly treatable. So um, I just had a client yesterday morning where I felt like, or what's today, Monday, Friday morning, I just had a client who was like, um, if you had told me four months ago that I would be functioning as well as I'm functioning now, I would have told you you were crazy, right? Because I think she thought, I was thought this was a part of my life I just had to say goodbye to, right? Mm. She's, you know, 64 years old. She's in a marriage with somebody she loves very much. They hadn't had sex in months and months and months. She didn't feel like having sex. Her vagina didn't feel like it was working well. Um, When she did have sex, it didn't feel like it used to feel. She was having trouble having orgasms, a whole gamut. And, um, And she just felt like, okay, I guess that's it. I guess I need to say goodbye to my sex life, which is so complicated in so many ways. And she kind of wasn't ready to do that. And so we started working together. And between talking to me and her gynecologist, um, she's great now. She's great. Is she the same as she was when she was 21? No. Um, but in some ways she's better. In some ways things are more challenging. So I feel like understanding what kind of curveballs may come in menopause and the way those are handled just changes everything and is so empowering for women. So what did you but, tell her? Um, <laughs> no, it sounds like Dr. Jenny had a question here. So also... I totally want to know what you told her, um, but we're going to make that a cliffhanger if that's okay. Oh, yes. What 
led you into menopause as a focus area in terms of sex therapy? So um, I, what's unique about me as a sex therapist, um, Kim mentioned this, for 25 years, I ran one of the largest sexual health centers in the country, which was um, um, a conglomeration of the medical and the psychological. So every woman who walked in saw a sex therapist and saw a medical practitioner. And our way of approaching almost every sexual problem that came up was this using this dual um, dual approach of the physiological and the psychological. And we got incredible results because of that. Because, you know, as Kim was saying before, like not everything is psychological. And sometimes the physical problems can create psychological problems, I'm sure as you know, Jenny. And then sometimes the psychological problems almost create the physical problems. Like oh, we have sure. to stop thinking of our brains and our bodies as being separate. So um, one of the things that we would deal with were women, women would come in who said, like, I'm, I'm hitting menopause. And so all the same kinds of things we were using for different women, we started working with menopause women and realized how, I'm telling you, like, there, there were certain populations when women came in, young women with pain or people who had never had an orgasm or people who used to have orgasms but didn't have them anymore – Many times we could help a lot, but with menopause, it was like a slam dunk. Like we could, we knew it was, and what, what, what more does a, does a practitioner want than to know they can a hundred percent absolutely help somebody. And so menopause is honestly, I, I hate to use this term, is a joy to work with because mm -hmm. it is really, um, it's really helpable. Uh, and I can give you one really classic example and then I, then I will shut up and let you guys ask questions, but um very often women in menopause will start complaining about pain, right? And um, classically, they will go to their gynecologist who will look at their vagina. And if the gynecologist is, is, is good and savvy and, you know, takes time, they'll say, oh, it looks like your vagina needs some estrogen because as we get older, we lose estrogen. We lose estrogen. We lose testosterone. There's a bunch of things we lose, but we lose estrogen. And we can have a long conversation about that at another time. But many, many gynecologists say, oh, you need estrogen. And they'll give women local estrogen that will work on their vagina, like plump it up, make the, they make the mucosa, what we think of as the skin kind of, you know, um, I don't know, younger, like not as tissue papery, not as likely to bleed, right? So they'll give, okay, and that's what they'll do. And they'll send the women on their way and the women still have pain. So had to be at least, I don't know, 20 years ago, I got a call from this woman who's like, I married 35 years, you know, I'm 60 something. And all of a sudden, three years ago, I started having pain. And I want to know what you're going to do for me before you I come in. So I'm like, I'm like laughing a little bit, because I'm like, well, I'm really good at what we do, but we're not profits. Like we don't, we haven't figured out how to, how to treat vaginas over the phone yet. So um, exactly. darn it. I mean, come on. Well, I can, we can a little bit, but somebody's <laughs> got to look at your vagina and write That's the prescription. Right. Anyway, so um, she said, well, I don't want to come in because I've seen three of the top gynecologists in New York City, and they've all just thrown estrogen at me. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, why don't you come in and let's take a look at what's going on? And what happens a lot of times with this population is that the muscles tighten up. So it's not just that the skin or the mucosa gets up thin and... Um, erythemis or like tissue papery, but also for a whole variety of reasons we could discuss, the muscles tend to tighten up and almost go into spasm. I have, a, I think I have a really fabulous gynecologist and I've worked with her and done the Mona Lisa, 
which has really helped a lot. But I think you're right when it's just it's not everything. So you're going to need something else. So think Mona Lisa in exchange for the estrogen, right? What the Mona Lisa does is recreate the the the, um, the mucosa in that vagina. The same way, there's two things going on. One is the muscles are tightening up, and the second is that the the mucosa or the skin in the vagina is getting like old and and worn out and tissue papery. And so the estrogen plumps it back up again and makes it like you know able to trans you know, transport blood and just makes it, you know, plump and healthy. The Mona Lisa does that as well. Right. The Mona Lisa will have nothing to do with getting the muscles. Right, right, right. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. See, and I'm not a candidate for estrogen because my mom had breast cancer that was estrogen induced. So they don't like to put me on that. And so I have to find other ways to to do it. I will tell you that the literature is shifting dramatically when it comes to estrogen. Yeah, um, I've heard that. Both systemic, but specifically for local, like putting in, you know, I've, I've worked with cancer patients whose cancer doctors who are actively cancer, you know, have active cancer who will put their clients on local estrogen. Estrogen is just intended to stay in the vagina. So I'm sure your doctor knows you best and your history best. Um, I'm just throwing that out there, but the Mona Lisa, which is the, um, which is the laser, not actually laser, yeah. but saying laser, is a really good option if you don't want to lose use local estrogen. Well, and I think she's also mentioned that same thing, that it's changed a bit and that I could probably do a really low dose of estrogen. I think we did an estrogen-testosterone combo. I didn't like the testosterone. <laughs> Okay, so testosterone is a whole other issue and one we should definitely talk about because the other issues that come up for menopausal women, besides the fact that they feel like their vagina is broken, is that they feel like they have no desire, their arousal, their ability to get turned on has really shifted dramatically, and their orgasms are like echoes of what they used to be. And those are usually extremely connected to estrogen, testosterone. Um, or I would even say more testosterone than estrogen. I would say the vagina more the estrogen, the 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 other things more testosterone. And then what happens because of the changes in their hormones, their brains also change. So you got to do that work as well. Hey, after the break, Dr. Batsheva reveals what she finds are the biggest challenges with menopause and answers a question from Dr. Jenny that nobody has ever asked her. Find out what that question is when we come back. You know, we're going to talk hormone replacement therapy in, the, in part two with you, Batsheva. Um, but I, while we're here on menopause, I'd love to ask what you find, because what do you find are the biggest challenges in menopause? Is it pain with intercourse? Is it um, arousal um, decline? Is it the more elusive, if not absent, orgasm? Um, is it the mindset of aging like what do you find women struggle with most or is it just the whole gamut of it um that's such a great question and i i don't think there's a mo i think it's very individual usually women have some kind of combination of those things that you said yeah i the the aging mind i i i think that's really critical but i think if the body wasn't dragging them down their mind wouldn't necessarily go that way. I feel like, you know, I say to people, when you see two 17-year-olds who are in line at a movie theater, like on a bus, and they can't keep their hands off each other, 
you're not your first thought is not oh my god they must have had a really deep meaningful conversation right like that is not your first thought right <laughs> or, you're, you're like your thought is like oh my god their hormones are raging which they are right like that is like their hormones are raging and then somehow when we turn 45 or 50 and and there's a problem with our desire or our result we don't say, oh, may maybe we should look at our hormones also, but we say, oh, it must be the relationship or something to that effect. And and I, that always bothers me because I feel like, you know, once if you lose your hormones and you're back to having the hormone level of a 10-year-old, you're not going to be interested in sex no matter what your partner does, right? Yeah. So, so, but it is also true that you can't just toss hormones at somebody and not work with the way they think about sex and the way they approach sex and, you know, all of the things we think of as psychological. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's like, I don't know my answering the, the question. Kitchen sink. You well, said something so important that I want to punctuate because I want listeners to really hear what you said. And I think this is a key piece around hormones and menopause for both male and female listeners or any human body going through menopause and partnership. If the body retracts or re goes back to being its own 10-year-old self, which basically when you fall off the cliff of hormones and they are now absent in your body the way they are in menopause, it is this, if it, it's as if you are back in childhood, right? Where you don't have really a lot of inclinations around your erotic self. You're a sexual being, but you don't have an erotic inclination. And I think that's really validating. Um, for people to recognize in terms of falling off that cliff and then therefore the importance of really exploring their base levels of hormones, where to substitute and supplement and, and just absolutely. So I just wanted to punctuate that. that thank you for doing that because thank you so much because I feel like pe women end up in this double whammy of blaming themselves. Mm -hmm. They're not interested in sex and then they feel like they're not trying hard enough. And I'm mm -hmm. just going to tell you, like, if you look this, you have to work with your sex life. It's not something that is like, doesn't, it's not fairy dust. You do work at it, but it shouldn't be so much work that you can't find a glimmer of it. Like, you know, like I get so angry when I hear doctors, they will just do it. Like, what, what does that mean? You know, these women, women are struggling and then they're feeling terrible about themselves because they feel like they're not trying hard enough. So I love the way you frame that. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, being somebody who has been gone, oh gosh, I think I've been going through it for like four or five years now. And, and I keep asking my doctor, when is this going to stop? She just looks at me like, oh, you poor thing. You Sometimes know? it's a decade. It's, yeah, it'll, it'll be a while, I think, for you. But I can tell you that it is about, you know, because the body changes so much when you start going through menopause. There's so many, it's not just are you know the the sexual parts it's everything it's the sensitivity of your skin it's the flabbiness of your body it's the muscle tone it's the fact that your body just morphed into something no matter how hard you try into something you don't recognize and for me that is difficult um in terms of my self-confidence and and feeling good about you know, being naked and, and being desirable. I'm very fortunate that I have a husband who thinks I'm extremely desirable regardless, but that's, and that's great, but it still doesn't help my mindset to believe it for me. And I think um, when I started really looking at it differently and accepting it for what it is and knowing that there were things that I could do to help gradually over the course of the last, you know, several months with the help of Dr. Jenny, um, it has become a better experience for me, except 
for the pain and except for the things that I, I now know I have control over. But you can feel as intimate and sexy and erotic as you want, but you can't, you know, that's still going to happen if you're not doing something about it. So I think you're right. It is a combination of so many things. And it's not necessarily the same combination on any given day. <laughs> it can be something totally different, you know, last week than it is this week, depending on how you're feeling. I mean, lately I've been having so many hot flashes. I went through it and it was fine and I hadn't had any in a while. And then all of a sudden I'm having these hot flashes, which I think we can get into in another conversation. But for me, it's like, I don't want you near me because I'm so hot. I can't deal with this. You know, maybe this is a helpful question to ask about Sheva and and Kim. Maybe George wants to listen in on this question. <laughs> um, that's her husband. Um, at least for heterosexual relationships, Batsheva, what do you wish men knew about menopause? That's a great like, question. Oh God, they're not always it's such a good question, and you were the first person to ask me that question. What? After uh, hundreds of interviews. Okay, I love that question. Thank you. Um, I wish they knew that it is more important than ever to be telling their partner that they find them attractive and sexual beings. And, you know, the women I talk to often will not believe that they're partners, but the male partners really do feel that way. And, you know, I know that we focus on the, you know, the extra inch that our, you know, breasts are hanging lower. Um, but, but uh, the men that I see don't, and they still see this beautiful person who they love. Um, and they're just so happy to have like a real live woman in their bed who wants to have sex with them. So, um, so I wish the women, I, I want the men to hear that the more positive reinforcement they can give their wives, the better for sure. The second thing is they should really help and encourage their wives to get the kind of medical support that they need, you know, mm-hmm. and not sort of get frustrated or if their wife is frustrated. Like this this person I was talking about on Friday, her husband is a gynecologist and he sent her to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Like, and she, I don't know if she would have come otherwise. And he was like, no, I've heard really good things. I think we should talk to her. So sometimes women just feel like when you're in that fa- stage where like yeah. nothing's really going to help, like, and the husbands often get really like hurt because they feel like it's personal, even though it isn't personal, right? Like no matter how much right. you say, it's not you, it's me, honey, right? They don't really believe that. So if you could not take it personally and you can help and support your wife get the help she needs, that is golden. So I would say those two things are really important. Yeah. I, might add, list I love that. that. I love that. I, I might add two more that could, could be helpful, which is, you know, Kim, you were talking about all the differences in your body. You know, I, I find that we have these little, mo- little, we have milestones, big milestones in our life, whether pregnancy, menopause, chronic illness, cancer, et cetera, where our bodies fully change and it is a new normal and a new normal to navigate. And so our sex lives change. Our foreplay has to change. The way we touch and kiss might have to change. Like all the sensations have to change. And so sometimes I find when I'm working with couples, reminding the men that it's not the same way as it used to be. And that, you know, take your time, go slow, be open and curious to a new way of cultivating arousal with your partner. Um, Cause our bodies are different. Um, yeah, and, and just the invitation to do that is helpful, I find. And not being afraid of it, too, because I know there there have been instances with George where he's almost like, I'm not sure what to do, mm. you know, because I, I don't 
I don't want to make it worse, or I don't want to see you in pain. I don't, I don't know what to do. But you're right. I think having the forefront knowledge to go, hey, listen, let's try this, or let's do this, or rather than stepping away from it and going, yeah, you're broken too. I don't know what to do about that. I think that's really good advice as well. And I would love to add one more thing. Is that okay? Please, it's a, please, please, yes. If you haven't already integrated a vibrator into your sexual repertoire now is the time because for many women, they need more neurological stimulation as they get older and vibrators are like the women's most useful sexual aid. And you can be, you know, the hero on a white horse if you haven't yet started using vibrators. And we're not talking internal ones. We're talking about external vibrators that go on the clitoris. So they could be game changers. So if you haven't done that already, Think about that. Yeah, and don't be afraid have one to and do that more either. One. Yeah, oh yeah, more powerful. One. Like a Hitachi wand. <laughs> oh yeah, we've talked about that several times. <laughs> well, this has been a really interesting conversation. One last uh, question, Doctor Batsheva. What about your client? What was the big? Was it the? Was it the um, uh, dilators? I mean, what was it that changed her life so dramatically? So I do think that once her vagina was feeling more like her vagina again, it enabled her to start connecting to it again. But I also think um, they started having non-intercourse sex. I started them on having non-intercourse sex and they started reconnecting without having to put that penis in the vagina. And, you know, that was just something they were not used to. It was not their repertoire. And so the connection you know, started up again. And there's so many other things. I mean, we're working with testosterone, we're working with her fantasy life, right? We're working on scheduling. There's many other pieces, but I think taking intercourse off the table for a few months while she was working on the pain issue was dramatic and getting her vagina to start feeling like her vagina again was dramatic. Yeah. That's brilliant. I I love that. Yeah. Um, You're, you're, Helping heal the vagina while simultaneously still cultivating familiarity between the whole body and the genitals of the two people, and not just familiarity, but pleasure, so that there's more multiple choice options on the table for them to connect. Love it. Very good. Yeah. This is a great conversation. We're going to go into a part two that definitely we've sort of touched on a little bit, which is about sex and hormones. I'm going to raise my hand again. That's definitely me. But I don't think it's necessarily about an older demographic either, I'm I'm guessing. But we're going to dive into that uh, on our next episode. So make sure you stick with us. And thank you so much for listening. Dr. Batsheva, this was a great conversation. I loved it. And um, thank you so much for uh, providing that great insight. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Hey, check out our bonus episode where Dr. Batsheva teaches us rather me about dilators. I had no idea these things existed, uh, but no surprise there, right? She also reveals the treatment that changed her patient's life. His spoiler alert has something to do with dilators. And with your paid subscription that literally costs you less than a small vanilla caramel latte at you know where, you're helping us continue with our efforts of providing good info, actually great info on sexual health with real conversations and questions. I'm Kim Kaplan, along with Dr. Jenny Schuyler. Thanks for the support. And thanks so much for listening to the Modern Pleasure Podcast.